Hello, and welcome to ART, Art Radio Trending, a public podcast that takes what's trending and generates a discussion based around art. We take current events and pop culture and discuss their relevance as they relate to art history. So sit back and enjoy. Thank you for joining us. This is Art Radio Trending. This is a very special episode. Today I'm on location here at a school in Covina, Southern California, Tri-Community Photography School. It's a very beautiful campus. I just did the tour here with a couple of the photographers. Uh, It's the first time that we're going live uh, on location, and we'll be connecting this podcast with the blog, so look out for for some pretty cool work that's going to be coming out. I'm joining today. I'm joined today by two photographers, two up-and-coming uh, photographers based in LA, Anthony Preciado and Brian Medina. Uh, two of the pupils here at the photography school in Covina. They're very talented individuals, and I'm actually very happy to have them here because even though they came from the same school, their styles are very different. We'll go ahead and talk to them about that later on. So first, uh, Anthony, welcome to the show. Thank you, Marvin. Thank you. Happy Brian, to be here. how are you doing? No, good? Pretty good. Thanks All for right, having cool. us. Um, Anthony, why don't you go ahead and tell our, our listeners how you got into photography in general, maybe how you found this school. Well, I've always kind of dabbled in a little bit of photography, nothing in the in the traditional sense. Um, always kind of had a camera when I was younger, just like taking pictures of when we were out on vacation with friends, you know, normal stuff that everyone does. It always piqued my interest, just never, never acted on it. Um, I started a little photo booth business, so that kind of, again, piqued my interest, but just nothing professionally, nothing nothing where I kind of had an education on it. Just everything on full auto mode, just, you know. And I had heard of this school, just never never really took the jump. You know, you're always afraid to do something new. Some, yeah, I didn't know nobody that came here. Just kind of was afraid to come in here on my own. didn't know what to expect. A buddy of mine actually took this class last year, and he finally push me like you got to sign up for with me next semester i'm like let's do it i signed up um i just love the vibe it's just, it's just really cool the school you meet a lot of a lot of awesome people I met brian here um and that's kind of how we got started and it just went from there now it's just it's kind of become a passion you know i want to shoot all the time whenever i have some free time you know managing between family and and work um it's just it kind of kind of takes over you you know just when you you like something and, and you enjoy it so much, you just you want to do it all the time. Cool, cool. How about you, Brian? How long have you been doing it? And ne- neither one of you guys are doing this professional professionally, right? Uh, not exactly. Yeah. Okay. Just you know, some family parties here and there. People ask, but you know, aside from that, nah, we're not. We're, we haven't uh, really taken that big step yet. How long have you been doing this, Brian? Uh, I started coming here about two and a half years ago. Um, just like Anthony was saying. Um, it was something that I dabbled in throughout my life. Not, you know, just never with the intention of becoming a photographer or anything. It was just, it was fun to take pictures. And that was as far as it went, you know. And one day I decided I wanted a better camera. So I bought myself, you know, a DSLR, an interchangeable lens camera. 
and I had that for a while, and eventually I decided I wanted to take classes, and, you know, through luck, I ended up discovering this, this place through, uh, through somebody at work, and I, you know, sat on it for a few months, and eventually took that, took that leap and, and came in, and uh, it, it grew from there tremendously. It was something that started as a hobby just for fun, you know, maybe I just want to get better at this, but uh, again, it's become a passion, and it's kind of taken over my life, and at the same time, you know, introduced me to so many friends, so good friends that I have now that I never had before. And, uh, you know, it, it really changed my life. That's the thing. Like, you know, the school and just photography in general, and I know that it's going to direct the course of the rest of my life. That's very cool, dude. Um, so, yeah, definitely a, a, it seems like a photography for both of you guys is sort of a social, social type of event. And, uh, in fact, that's probably what I think we're going to focus uh, this podcast on because uh, a while back I was looking through my Instagram. And like most people, you're used to seeing photographs of uh, family members out on, on vacation or on trips. But little by little, I started noticing that, that the phot- photographs started becoming a lot more professional. And the angles, the landscapes, the portraits... The colors, they were all very professional. And that's when I reached out to Tony. I told Tony that it seemed like Instagram in specific was starting to become sort of an online gallery uh, for artists and for photographers. And it took away from that paper, tangible uh, aspect of what a photograph is. We're a long way away from Ansel Adams here, right? And in specific especially looking at the photographs of these two photographers, I noticed that Los Angeles has become sort of the centerpiece of their photographs. Um, And that tells a lot about the art scene here in L.A. It's a trend-setting city. And I'd like to hear maybe your thoughts, Tony, on why you focus so much on L.A. Is Is it only because this is where you're located, or do you find sort of a tangible beauty in Los Angeles in specific? Uh, honestly, I think it's it's a little bit of both. Um, I mean, it's the closest to me, so definitely it's there's so much to do here in L.A. I mean, whether you were talking about specifically downtown L.A. or its surroundings, I mean, I can do a photo shoot at the beach on Saturday and then go to downtown on Sunday and, and photograph the, the architecture over there. Um, it's just there's so many things, and it's never-ending. I've only I've only been doing this, like we said, like about a year, and... and this summer, I concentrated mostly on the city, and there's so many things to look at, and I, I haven't even scratched the surface of how much, um, how many places there is. You know, I want to do, uh, I want to go out into the hills more. I want to go out into the desert more, and and it's all in the same, you know, in in this local area. It's just, it's, it's beautiful. There's so many things to, to do and see here. Um, I I really got drawn to when I started doing portraits in in downtown, just architecture. It's amazing. Like you go to one street and see these old, you know, hundred-year-old buildings with the bricks, um, and then a couple of streets up, you see the high rises. You know, those high rises with the that have the nice shadows, you know, with the lights, and it all makes for different for different images. And and it's just it caught my eye. It really caught my eye, my attention, and and it, I got hooked. Right, Brian. Now you, uh, I'm looking at your uh, Instagram here. Some other guy, three five six. Um, you have, looks like, over a 1,000 posts. Um, so you're a little bit more active. And just by 
thumbing through your photographs, you, you, you're you more of a landscape artist, would you say? Would you? Yeah, I definitely consider myself more of a landscape artist. Yeah. Um, I, I love nature. So... I find myself looking for excuses to to go out there, and and photography has been my my gateway into that because you know just I always talk about oh, I want to go here I want to go here whatever and then you just talk it's it's just talk it never happens whereas now it's like well I'm gonna go over here and I'm gonna take pictures you know I'm gonna bring my camera and you know I'm gonna tell my other photographer friends they want to come and it turns into this trip and you know I guess it becomes a, a catalyst and. And it gives you a, a, another, not that you need an excuse, but it, it kind of validates it a little bit and make, makes me get out there and uh, discover things. And, you know, I've gone so many places and discovered so much because of my camera, you know, places I never would have, you know, imagined. I've researched places and, you know, so much that wouldn't have happened if it weren't for that excuse that I had and that was, you know, sitting in my hand. And uh, so, yeah, I mean... I, I find myself trying to get away from the city and the people and stuff like that. And, you know, I'd like to, to take my time with landscapes and stuff because, you don't you know, the mountains don't move. You don't have to pose them or anything like that. And I like that, that I could just sit there by myself and connect with them and then capture them. Right. So let me, now let me ask you then, now that leads to my next question. Um, how would you say that the technical there's a technical difference is there a technical difference between say taking a portrait of someone and a landscape what makes a beautiful landscape and what makes a beautiful portrait well in the end it really you know it's all subjective but they are very very um there's different requirements i guess you would say um you have to i mean you have to be in a certain mindset as well for as for me I'm not very much of a of a portrait photographer. Um, I'm very much more at home with with landscapes than I am with with portraits, just because I'm not that social sometimes, you know. So um, you have to be in a certain mood and stuff like that. But you know, technically, when you bring people into it, you have to usually you have, you have to get lights involved, or you know, sometimes there'll be a studio, and you can I mean, you can be anywhere really, but depending on where you're at, you're gonna have to be able to to be dynamic and work with the lighting that's around you because you know photography is just capturing light and where you are will very much determine what lenses you'll need what camera you'll need you know what lights you'll need or you know what time of day it's going to be what kind of weather you know the even up to the you know what kind of the person's complexion or you know their their style what clothing they're wearing the color all that all that becomes a factor you know so yeah there's a there's a lot of uh, uh technical differences and uh you know, it's, I mean, you can go on forever trying to explain it all, but... Right. right, now, Tony, now you, looking at your photographs, you seem to be focusing more on portraits, on portraits. so does that speak to maybe exactly what Brian's talking about? Do you feel more of a connection, or do you enjoy the process, maybe, of, of uh, communicating with your model or with your family that you're speaking with? Um, is that something that attracts you to, to photography? Yeah, for some reason, um, when I came in here, like I said, I... You know, I came in here with an open mind, and I just always got I got very drawn into to portraiture, and I just find something about it like just um, like the way you can pose a model and you can make it artistic, or you can make it just a fashion shot and make it beauty. Um, whatever you're going for, you can kind of do because, like Brian said, you can pose them, you can dress them up, you can 
you know, do all those different things. Uh, same thing like like with Brian, you can do that with nature in the sense if you go during the day, if you go at night, if you go in the rain. Same thing with the model, you know. Um, and th that always just draws me in. Um, I was actually a little afraid of the of the of that at first of the models. Like, how would they react? What if I don't do a good job? Like, are they gonna you know are they are they gonna be nice people or are they gonna be mean to me and I'm gonna be scared off? Of, but no, honestly, for the most part, I've had just very positive. Um, um, interactions with everybody. Um, most people that are out there, most of these shots that I've done have been collaborations. I've done a couple paid gigs, but that's just kind of separate, but most of them have been collaborations. So they come in with an open mind and they actually, you know, you're a photographer, they, they pretty much leave it up to you. So you're, you're the one directing, you're, you're the one, they bring, you know, sets of clothes and you tell them that looks good here, that might look good over there, you know? So it's kind of, you become a director and, and your vision gets kind of played out too because now I have sometimes the thoughts like, I really like this place. I want to shoot there. This is what I'm going for. So now I have a vision of what I want to do. And I just, I find it like it's thrilling. It's like a high now. Like when, when the things come together and, and you see it and then that person appreciates it and they like it, it just, it's, it's awesome. I love the feeling. How important is it to find the right background or the, the right landscape for your model when you're, let's say, shooting a portrait um, I'm, I'm just thinking about this this picture I got up here, uh, self-portrait, where you, you photograph a young lady in a blue dress, and you, she's obviously speaking to the graffiti in the back, the street art in the back. Um, how important is that connection between the individual portrait, whether it's a family portrait and the background? Is it just something you're looking for, something pretty, or is it more of a personal thing? No, I think it's... Um... It's more of a personal thing in the sense where you, you want it to make sense, too. Like, I, I don't... If someone wants to do family portraits and, and it's just them and the babies, I'm, I don't want to take them out into the gritty downtown area, you know, because there's a nice graffiti backdrop there. That, I already know, if I like that backdrop, I'm going to find someone with that style that, that kind of matches my vision for that. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely, you know, important to, to kind of match what you're going for with where you're shooting. Um, for example, that, that shot, um, the model there... She, you know, she had a whole wardrobe. She definitely wanted to do artistic stuff. She liked all a lot of the murals there. We found that one specifically. She had a blue dress. It matched the colors. Um, she was all for it. She started doing the little bubbles, and it it just kind of all all came together. The funny thing with that with that shot is, you know, we took. Whenever I do a, a portrait session, I end up with two three hundred shots because we just kind of walk around for hours and just take pictures everywhere, you know. And that shot I had overlooked and. Maybe last week I was going through old folders, and then I came across that, and I'm like, hey, I, I kind of like this picture. I started playing with it, and, and, you know, I thought it came out pretty cool. But, you know, it's just kind of the spur of the moment. You, you see things, and later on you might forget about them, and then you come back across them, and you're like, hey, that's, that's pretty cool, you know. But a lot of times it's just the location, what you see, and, and just what pops up. But, yeah, I think it's very important to match what you're trying to accomplish with where you're going to accomplish it. Right. Now, Tony, I remember speaking to you a couple of days ago. We were talking about uh, light painting. It's something that I uh, delved into about a year ago. I found some artists on Instagram, of all places, of some real talented photographers that were doing things with light. I was wondering maybe one of you guys could share a little bit on the technique. Um, I know, Brian, you mentioned that essentially photography is just capturing light. So maybe if you can share a little bit on the technique on how you, without, uh, you know, uh, giving away your secrets, I guess, uh, 
how, how you're able to capture that, that light aspect in some of your, your photographs here? Well, uh, for one thing, when it comes to this art, like, I don't think there should be secrets. I think, uh, I think we all everything, everybody. Yeah. It's yeah. everything is, is stolen somehow, you know, I mean, it, we all have to take inspiration from somewhere. So, I mean, everything should be shared. And the thing is you go online and you can find this information online anywhere. You just gotta, you know, you just gotta find the source somewhere, you know, but, um, yeah, uh, light painting is, uh, you usually, you, you do a long exposure, which means you have the shutter open on the camera for uh, a relatively long time, whether it be, you know, one second or, or longer. But for that, you know, second that the camera shutter is open, you're capturing whatever light is, is uh, being directed at it. So, say you're taking a picture of a person, and you have the shutter open for one second, any movement that's captured in that one second comes out as blur because that's light that they're reflecting towards the camera. Now, you can take advantage of that by um, using lights, whether it be flashlights or, you know, light wands or, you know, there's so many different tools. Anything that emits light, you, uh, you, you paint with it. You literally paint with it. You go out there and you use it like a paintbrush and, you know, you have this limitless um, arsenal of tools to... Mm -hmm to create whatever you want to, you want to create. And, uh, you know, you can get a flashlight and put a, a red, you know, filter over it and you draw, you know, whatever figure drawing you want, even just some, some artistic lines in the, in the air. And you get this beautiful drawing that, that comes out on, on the camera at the end. And just to elaborate on that a little bit, um, some of the pictures you were talking about, we got together, went to downtown LA, found a model that was willing to, to spend some time with us. And we told her to, this is purely experimental. We don't know what the results are going to be because it's just kind of, for us, it was yeah. for fun. You know? We're learning. And, and We're learning. And we used all kinds of different tools. Brian had this this light that emits like a thousand or I don't know how many Brian. A thousand lumens. Light super bright. And you could do all kinds of stuff with it. It has a strobe. And then you can go as cheap as we had a flashlight inside of a $4 um, tube that's used to case... Um, Fluorescent yeah, lights. Fluorescent tube lights. Yeah. And we did some of the light painting with that, and it came out super cool, too. Or they sell devices that that um, Brian and another friend of ours have, too, that you can upload your own images into it. And it plays it within a matter of of, um, of lines, basically. And you walk with it, and it creates an image in the background and different things like that. So there's all kinds of stuff. You can go from a $4 device to a multi-hundred dollar device, you know. But it's, it's just fun. To us, it was, it was really fun. You know, um, for all you artists out there and art historians out there, Pablo Picasso did a similar type of thing, 1949 Time Magazine, where he did some light painting. It's really cool stuff. Um, and it, it really speaks to how photography has a way of evolving and adapting. And, and to what Brian was saying, that um, there should be no secrets in art, right? And in fact, Pablo Picasso and Banksy collaborated recently, if you could imagine that, where Picasso said that the bad artists imitate um, the great artists steal. That's Banksy stealing a quote by Pablo Picasso. <laughs> yeah, so it's a funny <laughs> anecdote there. Um, but now I guess uh, since we're sort of uh, in a little bit of a technical discussion, maybe you guys could uh, elaborate on, on the camera. Say, for example, if there's a student out there, I'm a young student, or or a retired individual looking to just get better photographs out there. What kind of camera should I go out there and, and get? Well, what kind of camera do you guys choose to use? 
Um, I'll start if you want. I, I, I use, and this is funny, I mean, there's always uh, the the Canon versus Nikon fight, but so, there's so many other... GM versus Ford. Right, and all exactly. So, <laughs> but there's a million brands of cameras. There's Canon, Nikon, Fuji, Sony, um, and I can go on and on. Um, I use Canon because that's, that's what I knew. You know, I also do have a Sony mirrorless, which is, I think, the new technology that's starting to take over. They just The cameras are like half the size and do pretty much the same. Um, but when I started, I started with a very much more basic camera, um, Canon T2i. I think nowadays you can find them on eBay for like $100. The, I mean, what you get when you pay more is you get more features, you get more megapixels, but really I've seen people capturing amazing <coughs> images with basic cameras and basic lenses kit, kit lenses it's just kind of what you do with it um you know again you you'll get those extras with the more expensive equipment but if you're artistic and you know you know you know the the technical aspects of it you can capture just some amazing stuff with i've seen and brian could touch on this more iphone photography there's there's a whole a whole genre and community that just just shoots iphone photography and you see some amazing images sometimes you don't know the difference and especially now that like we're talking about Instagram, you know, the, the, the images are smaller, so if you shoot it with an iPhone and you shoot it with a DSLR, sometimes you can't tell. I mean, if you print it, maybe you can, but if you see it on Instagram, a lot of times you can't tell the difference. So if you're, to me, my recommendation, and, and, and again, this is just my recommendation, that doesn't mean this is right, is buy whatever you can afford. If you, if you have $200, buy a $200 camera and start with that, or use your phone and start with that. The point is just, do what you like, do what makes, you know, to you what makes, what photography makes it fun for you. And, and if you can, and if you're, if you like it that much, you know, start getting into the technical aspects of, of how to kind of evolve in that. But. You have anything else to add, Brian, since you're more of a landscape or you're outdoors, is there something different maybe that you would look in, in a camera um, than say maybe a portrait type of photographer? Uh, yeah, landscape tends to be a little more expensive because you need, wider angle lenses and they're just you know these tend to be uh, a pricier they're they're more expensive to make basically so it costs more but there's always a workaround you know but as anthony said i agree that you just need to get started um the best camera that to get is the one that you have on you you know so the best camera i've butchered that quote but you know as long as you have a camera on you you can take a photo and what you need to do is look around and figure out what you can take a photo of given your your limitations um you can start off with the very you know very cheap old model camera and all it will do is challenge you and you know you, that's what you need to do you just need to challenge yourself it might not be easy but you know even though everybody wants instant gratification they want to to have amazing pictures and they think that getting a more expensive camera, a higher-end camera is going to give you a better picture. And, you know, in a sense, yes, it does, but that doesn't make you a photographer. That makes it a good camera. So you need to, you need to just get something, you know. I'd suggest just something with interchangeable lenses so that you can expand and, uh, you know, push yourself a little further if you decide that, you know, you're enjoying what you're doing and you want to pursue it some more. But, um yeah, the important thing is to get out there and shoot. Just whatever camera you have. If you have something already and it's, you don't think it's good enough, who cares? Just go out there and take pictures and practice your composition and, you know, things that uh, a better camera isn't going to improve your composition, your framing, your, you know, your eye for, 
for certain subjects and, you know, looks, that's something that's going to be within you and you need to train train yourself to, to find it and to, to capture it. And, you know, any camera is going to help you with that. Very cool. Very cool. So we've touched now on the creative aspect of photography. We've gone technical now. Let's talk a little bit about editing. I mean, you can you go on Instagram, you go on your iPhone, you press a button, and you have completely different colors. Uh, Brian, going back to you, I noticed some of your photographs are very rich in color. Some of these colors are not natural. Some of them are natural. Um, or maybe I'm completely wrong, you know. Maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about. But when you look at a, a, a potential photograph, do you think if I had a filter, that's the photograph I want? Or is that something that comes later as you're editing and you're experimenting and pushing buttons and, and working with contrast and working with different types of, of colors? Um, how uh, most of us amateur iPhone photographers tend to tend to work you know we see a photograph and we click black and white and yep that's cool um is that is that the same approach you take or is there a little bit more depth when you're looking at a potential photograph and the colors that you think might pop or 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 or, or bring out that photograph well it's definitely both um there are times where I'm out there and I'm shooting and I have a vision in my head of what I'm going to do with this photo, you know, and I'm working towards getting this, this base image that I'm going to you know, realize this vision with. And then there's times where I just take a photo and I think it looks pleasing and nothing more. And then I'm just, I know it's uh, in a few days or maybe even a few months, I'm going to find that picture. I'm going to bring it up in my computer and um, I'm just going to see what I can do with it. I've, find that there's something pleasing in there and I don't know how to how to build on it so I just sometimes you start playing with you know knobs and dials and stuff and and see what comes out of it and you know a lot of times you'll you'll fail and you'll be all right this is no good and you delete it and you move on there are many other pictures I have and you know if it's not good enough then then I got something else but there's very much a sense of experimentation um, sometimes there are many times where I just want to try to salvage a picture and, you know, I'll go crazy and I'll end up something way out there and that's what it takes to get me to like it. But then it also teaches me what the capabilities of the camera, the editing software, and myself are. Um, and next time I'm out there and I have, you know, a certain vision, that's part of my my tool set now. I know that, okay, I can push this image to this this extreme and come out with something pleasing and you know experimentation is is everything because that's how you learn that's how you, you know you have to make all these mistakes to know what's what works and what doesn't and sometimes you have to make these mistakes over and over and over again um to find out what does work and it might only be for one photo that you're able to apply this one technique to but that photo could mean anything everything you know and um so when and uh, you know was for the vibrant colors and stuff in my photos that is something that I'm just drawn to. Um, for the most part, I I shoot for myself. Um, it brings me satisfaction. To, you know, it feeds my soul, if you would say. Um, so, and I just I love colors. You know, as much as I love black and white and you know muted colors too. Like, uh, I'm I love vibrant colors, and I think you know a lot of people are, are just drawn to that too. And um, it's a very, you know, primal urge to just make everything super <laughs> vibrant and saturate, saturated and, you know, you just got to learn when it works and when it doesn't. But I feel like, um, it's a good way to, 
to to get seen, you know, and why not? While everyone might not like it, everybody will notice it. Right. Now, theoretically, now, I have a question for you, Tony. Do you think that this saturation of photography on social media, this digital uh, trend away from classic styles of photography has cheapened photography as an art form? I mean, you guys have both done justice in classifying photography as artwork, legitimate artwork. But what would you say to someone who walks into a gallery, maybe one of your shows, and says, oh, I can do that. Uh, I can take that photograph. That's not art. Um, that You know, he didn't paint that. What would you say to someone like that? Would you agree or disagree that maybe, you know, Instagram and, and iPhones have cheapened the art form of photography? That's going to be a hard question to answer only because... I don't want to come off as a jerk, but <laughs> no, you know what though? It's it's funny because I, like I said, I'm I'm fairly new to this too, and I've only been on social media, and this I'm only on social media because Brian kind of got me into it. I've never been a social media person. I never had a Facebook, never had a MySpace. I just don't like really putting myself out there because I'm kind of shy. Like I, I mean, just how I'm here and talking to you guys, but my as for things with my personal life, I'm a little shy about putting it out there because maybe I think like. Someone's going to say, well, I don't care what he's doing. You know, I've just that's always been me. But when I got into photography, Brian's like, start on Instagram. You know, it'll kind of get your, your work out there. People see it. And it, it's completely true because um, otherwise, what platform would I really have to show my work? You know, um, so it, in that sense, I, I love it. Um, in another sense, you do see a lot of stuff out there that's that. I mean, again, it's subjective, but to me now... And definitely don't want to sound like a snob here, but now that you know some of the technicalities and some of them, um, you can tell the difference between a picture that that maybe you took with, um, you composed it, and 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 then you edited with a certain color, and and you know, you know, maybe it's my style, but you see some stuff out there that to me is just not 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 necessarily so great. But a lot of times they're in these you know the groups where their work gets out there and it gets out there a lot because of who they know or who they or what groups they belong to and and yeah just kind of like you're saying now it's become a, a popularity contest in a sense and not always a, and I, I've seen some very amazing photographers who post some work on Instagram and no one sees it and no one really cares and then you see other work that to me is not necessarily again it's subjective but to me isn't the best work and it has thousands of likes and followers and it's kind of popularity contest and that in a sense i think maybe cheapens it a little bit but hey it's, it's like we said it's subjective some people might the way i'm i'm kind of complaining about it some people might be like i, I love that shot you know so and you know so it's kind of a hard question to answer in that sense but um it's helped me i i, I like it you know i like the platform um but definitely and brian knows I, i'll send him some pictures and tell him like brian what is this and they, we start like that you know but but no, I mean, it, in a sense it has, and at the same time I, I, I completely understand um, where people are coming from just because it's it's so big now. It's, it's kind of like a, a monster that's, that's just out of control at this point, you know? Yeah. But it's good because it gets, you know, like you said, someone that, that's just starting and, and they have a lot of friends, hey, you know, they have a lot of followers, it's cool. Right. Yeah. Well, like everything in art, I guess, uh, it's just hard to describe and hard to understand, but... Facebook, Instagram, they'll answer all your questions, right? Just like Google. 
Um, so I would just want to say thank you to uh, Brian and Tony for being out here and talking with me. Thank you to Tri Community Photography School for hosting us. Uh, I toured the facility, and it's a great facility. I had a really good time. Now, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you guys, where would uh, they be able to get a hold of you too? My Instagram is a preciado photography. So a p r e c i a d o photography. Um, I do have a website also. It's www.anthonypreciado.com. Um, funny thing is, I keep my Instagram more updated than my website. <laughs> so kind of just same thing you put in. You know, Instagram is kind of taking over. You know, but those are my two platforms: um, a preciado photography at gmail.com. All right, and uh, I can be found on Instagram as well. Um, my tag is uh, some other guy three five six. It's all one word. Um, I can also be reached by email at some other guy three five six at hotmail.com and or you can just look me up on Instagram as uh, Brian Medina, and you'll you'll see me on there. All right, well, thanks Brian, and thanks Tony, and thanks everybody for listening. Uh, remember, get out there, enjoy your art, and art is cool. Thank you. Peace. <laughs>